Welcome back to Optimism Vaccine. I'm Steve, and joining me, I got Adam Myros here. Myros, how you doing, man? Ah, uh, boy, I'm I'm pretty exhausted, Steve. I got to tell you, a lot of high energy schlock this week. <laughs> is that, are you somehow more exhausted than the 1985 Oscars? Is that is that really how you're feeling right now? Well, that was a long time ago. It's it's hard for me to really quantify uh, how exhausted I was that many years back, Steve. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, I mean, and really since then, God, it's been, what has it been 35 years now? And, uh, I, I don't know if, if I've ever been more exhausted than I was after watching out of Africa, but that, that seems like a lifetime ago. So, uh, also joining us, a former veteran from the mid eighties days of optimism vaccine, uh, Jack Easton's here. Yeah. Doing well, Steve. Looking at my investment portfolio. Glad I got in early on that little company called Apple. Smart move, man. I was like, remember when I gave you that tip in uh, 96? I was like, Google, man, search engines are the future. And you didn't believe me at first. Yeah, I thought your tip in in 96 was to uh, just watch Space Jam a lot. Yeah, that I mean, that was that was kind of my backup plan, uh, because (laughs) I I figured like Space Jam would kind of uh, shape the future of cinema as we know it. And uh, certainly that prediction has come true as well. Uh, I also told you to double down on your Lycos investments, but uh, much like their dog mascot, that site died a long time ago. So RIP. Uh, also joining us on this Mortal Monday, we've got a uh, resident fucking nerd. Uh, <laughs> Colin's here. Colin, how you doing, man? I believe this podcast will result in our world's final destruction. Have a nice day. Mm. There you go. Now you know that I actually play the games. Oh, that's good. (laughs) There's someone out there that's like, oh, I get the reference. And in case you don't get the reference, that's the ending from uh, Mortal Kombat 1. If you won, is Raiden. He just destroys the world. (laughs) If if you don't get the reference, feel free to send us an email, optimismvaccine at gmail.com. And you can tell Colin what sex is like when you have it. Uh, okay, so in case you didn't, you know, realize that it is Mortal Monday, we are we are in fact talking about the new Mortal Kombat movie, uh, and in true hack podcast fashion, because uh, I'm sure there's a couple other ones doing this. We're going to tell you all about the other Mortal Kombat movies, which turned out to be a, uh, a more daunting project than I initially thought it would be, because in my head. There's MK95, there's Mortal Kombat Annihilation, there's a large gap of time, and then there is Mortal Kombat Reboot 2021. But boy howdy, is there a lot of bullshit in between. And this is where things, uh, they, they get a little silly, because, you know, uh, most people, of course, love playing arcade fighting games for uh, the story? <laughs> I, I don't I don't understand this at all. <laughs> Arcade fighting games like Mortal Kombat, like, you know, Street Fighter or any SNK game out there. They're pretty much the idea is you sink quarters into them and they're very, you know, technical and and uh, that's what they're about. It's about the technical. But but for some reason, you know, people always complain about the video game movies. Oh, video game movies are so bad. And I think part of the reason why is because inexplicably over the course of 30 years or so, uh, Hollywood has decided that the best kind of video games to adapt into films are, in fact, fighting games, which uh, have either no story or 
just completely stupid fucking stories. So everything from, you know, multiple Street Fighter movies uh, to the aforementioned Mortal Kombat movies to anime series and cartoons and live action TV shows. And there's a dead or alive game. And there's a, a <laughs> is there is there a dead or alive movie? Is there a, is there a fatal fury movie? Probably. I don't anime know. Movie. There's, <laughs> sure. I know. See, you, name a fighting game. And I, you could probably point to at least two cartoons and a live action film that is somehow attached to it. And this is the world that we live in. And that brings us to Mortal Kombat, which I don't know if this is really in defense of Mortal Kombat, but unlike games like Street Fighter, where the story is largely an afterthought, because, I mean, Street Fighter has shipped games without competent story modes at all, and sometimes babies cry about it, but really that's not the point. Mortal Kombat has a lot of story going on. Whether or not that story is good is kind of up for debate. Uh, And after learning about what has happened since the last time I was fully invested in a Mortal Kombat game, there's a lot of story going on. Uh, But we should probably start at the beginning of our Mortal Kombat journey, uh, which brings us to the original Mortal Kombat from 1995. And uh, this is great because... I personally love the movie Enter the Dragons, and at the time, I loved Mortal Kombat, so why not just bolt Mortal Kombat onto Enter the Dragon, and that's pretty much it. Am I missing anything here, Jack? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Go on. Uh, Oh, oh no, I have to clarify some stuff now? Jeez, okay, so Mortal Kombat 95, what is it? It's a Paul W.S. Anderson movie which really means it's barely even a Mortal Kombat movie. I feel like it's really just been subsumed into his work of kind of hyper (laughs) active, imaginative, somewhat insane camp adjacent action cinema. Um, yeah, I I don't know. It's, it's a strange kind of a production because it's not hugely budgeted. Mortal Kombat was huge at the time, but video games it being huge in the nineties as a video game was very different than now i don't know the whole industry has changed back then still in the 90s you can make mm. a huge video game would be like six people two guys that program it four artists that's it everyone else in the credits is pretty much just in like localization uh it's it's changed now now you have like just hangers full of of, of programmers working on contracts getting fired twice a day it's a remarkable thing. Um, but yeah uh, this movie is uh it's it's okay it's fun I guess you have to approach it in a certain mindset. It's um, kind of a peculiar mix of things. Uh, It's hard for me to get, is this a good adaptation or not? I don't know because Mortal Kombat, the original games, it was always difficult to to balance. The, The big thing about them was like, they're really violent and excessive, but the graphics didn't really support that so they looked goofy as shit but i don't know if they were intended to be goofy (laughs) Uh, and this movie is definitely very openly goofy so um i think that probably probably pissed some people off at the time but honestly over time has i think really cemented the film status as a kind of a a kind of a camp classic honestly a kung fu camp classic jack May I interject by saying that, like one in the follow-up to Mortal Kombat's success, the, the developers took the time to add in uh, some guy popping in the corner uh, yelling "toasty" yes. and also things like "bay and "animalities." I 
I tend to think that the tone is appropriate here. Okay, that that's fair. There's some stupid shit in there, certainly. But, you know, it was, uh, to me, Mortal Kombat, and I'm going to clarify. Okay, for me, Mortal Kombat is Mortal Kombat 1, 2, and 3. Played those growing up. Mm-hmm. Nothing else happened. As far as I'm concerned, the video game just <laughs> ended there. There are no additional Mortal Kombat. That seems a fair thing. If you have, if you disagree, feel free to tell someone. I don't know, but um, yeah, I don't, for me, it was always like you get it and you get the code for the blood, and there was the big, there was the big hubbub mm-hmm. about you know, like which, funnily enough, is really funny because it was only in America, but like it was exported as like spectacle because that's because America's. That's what they do is like they they invent moral panics and then they export them as entertainment to other countries who look and it's like, gosh, this seems real complicated to be an American. Um, (laughs) And now, you know, and they were like, is this too violent? And it's like a movie. It's like, is this too extreme for our children? And it's like literally a video game where when you punch someone in the head, a gollop of blood the size of their head falls out <laughs> instantly disappears and like politicians were literally like will this be the downfall of society in a country where you can buy a gun at walmart it's just a <laughs> phenomenal uh kind of a setup um yeah i okay yeah, I, it was the I Brady take Bill that, years man yeah well you know it's it's like but, but this is very camp it's very silly um Mm-hmm. And I mean, I get, you know, the Street Fighter movie did the same thing, but the Street Fighter movie did have the like added problem that there was no real established storyline for Street Fighter. So they just had to kind of wing it. Mortal Kombat has this grand epic narrative about various realms competing in a, a fighting contest and having watched all of these in quick succession i've really grown to appreciate that every time they try and explain what mortal Kombat is about and every one of the movies tries to do this it never makes sense it, fundamentally <laughs> mortal Kombat is just a terrible idea like they didn't nail down the basics it's just dumb as shit um, and this movie kind of rolls with that pretty well, and it's uh, it's it's mostly just like funny colored gels on the screen and techno music. Mm-hmm. Jack, what you need to what you need to realize is that the Mortal Kombat world is, is really just like our own, except without the letter C. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> That's the primary difference between the Earth realm in Mortal Kombat and Earth itself. Like, well, they're not the same thing, which is what a lot of people think. Colin, I, I'm going to let you clarify all this here. I'm about to explode because I have the answers. <laughs> Everything I've said is accurate. Uh, n- no, no, it's but but you have co- but a lot of the things that were incorrect were more questions, and you even said to yourself like I'm not sure about that, but I can answer that. Um, you know what, don't. Give me three minutes. <laughs> this is all I need. Yeah. Okay, so like. If you understand the way that cinema to home media works, that's how it used to be back in the day. If you're a younger listener, there was the arcade, there was um, home consoles, right? So it would premiere in the arcade, it would get a lot of attention, and then it would end up on home consoles, right? If you own the arcades, that was great, because you were, you were kind of like doing double booking right there. So if you were like Namco or Sega, you could afford to do these crazy arcade gimmicks like you know, things that would spin around and different kind of controllers, you know, things to compete with at home. Um, But if you didn't have that gimmick, you would have to lean into, you know, kind of cheaper 
things. And one of those approaches was digitization, which uh, Midway took over. Midway is the people that made Mortal Kombat. Previous to that, if you've ever heard of Midway, it's probably because they imported Pac-Man, a pole position, uh, fucking Space Invaders. They imported all of that shit to America, and then they would go on the news, you know, and there'd be some fucking anchor like with a microphone. And he'd be like, yep, it took us a while to make the games, but it wasn't that hard. <laughs> You know, like just lying and whatever. That was Midway. So flash forward like 20 years, right? Uh, Midway is now established as like the uh, kind of Western video game arcade developer that will push the edge. They'll do things like Smash TV. They'll do things like Spy Hunter. And they'll, they basically, they take genre and they put it into video games and they'll make it like explosively violent. And that's something that you really can't get at home at this point. You know, at home you can play games, but they're not as violent. They're not as gory because there's limitations because Nintendo has to prove things. In the arcade, if some guy says, yeah, okay, it's, it's putting in quarters, that's good enough. And that's when Mortal Kombat shows up because it's trying to compete with Street Fighter. Street Fighter is a brand new fighting game. A lot, It's getting a lot of attention. So they rip that off. They make Mortal Kombat. There's only like four guys involved. <laughs> and they're all basically just like, you know, addicted to Diet Coke and coding and making sound. So, so, so are you telling me I overestimated the staff of Mortal Kombat by two? It was four guys. Because <laughs> I said six. <laughs> yes, it was four people. And I really want people to appreciate this because... As time has gone on, Mortal Kombat just seems to be this property, but it really was an into like an independent production, at least in, in spirit, not really in funding, because like I said, Midway might have been scrappy, but they still had a lot of money. But the reason people were freaking out about this game, more so than Street Fighter, was because they were taking pictures of people and putting them in the game. So before there was like 3D bump mapping, you know, before there was ray tracing, you're putting real people in the game that's a huge deal and and it looked really good and even with the blood like you're seeing a real person's head ripped off that's so much more extreme isn't it you know and so that's what led to uh, nintendo refusing to put blood in their game which helped sega sell more consoles which made nintendo uh lean over to their political friends which made them go in front of the congressional hearing <laughs> like it's a lot more complicated than you know the game did well so america freaked out it's like nintendo was like oh shit they what are we gonna do so they got their buddy hard lincoln who used to be a lawyer to go in front of congress and be like we don't know what's happening i actually have a question about yeah. the nintendo version of, of uh mortal kombat uh as jack mentioned you know we have people freaking out like politicians over the fact that you know you have gushing blood everywhere yeah herb cole and joseph lieberman in the super nintendo version you had just like geysers of of gray blood which they called sweat <laughs> and i was wondering if anyone was concerned about the level of, of dehydration experienced by people and they, did they think that, that young people would perhaps violently dehydrate themselves There'd at any point gatorade tie in there for certain <laughs> Honestly, it's a more legitimate concern, I would think. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. It's hard. It's hard to you know lose that much blood, but you can lose a lot of sweat, man. If you're not, you gotta hydrate. Either way, the reason why this ended up being a movie more than other things at the time really was because it was like a major American success, which made it so much easier and they have to fly over to Japan and have to negotiate, which, you know, that was always really complicated anyway. And the results were terrible. Everyone can agree. This actually had people that were involved in it. And when you think about it, you had people in a room sewing up costumes. You know, you have these four people together sewing up costumes, having actors put them on and pretend fighting. Is it really that difficult to imagine that they're going to go into a really low budget film and say, hey, you might want to like dim the lighting here to make this look cool. Why don't you add a rotating fan? And it's like, you know, it's cheap shit, but it, it looked like the movie looks good. Like it looks cheap, but it looks good for looking cheap. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Either way. Yeah. 
Midway fucked up. They invested too much fucking money in the wrong areas. Eventually, they went bankrupt. Warner Brothers purchased uh, Mortal Kombat and most of the Midway properties. That's why this uh, other version of Mortal Kombat got rebooted. He didn't much miss in the, in the 3D era. It was really boring. It was more about kart racing and, and puzzles and lots of mini games. It really wasn't Mortal Kombat for a while, even though it was fun. But then when uh, WB bought them, they said, no, we want you to make Mortal Kombat. Make it as violent as you want. And, and then we got Freddy Krueger. <laughs> Freddy Krueger in the Mortal Kombat games. <laughs> to, to its success or to its detriment, it remains as hyper-violent now, even more so to the point where people had to leave the studio because they were getting PTSD, allegedly. That's how they said it. They said they were experiencing uh, nightmares of, of violence from the things that they're using as reference. That, that's bullshit. That's like that's like the Heath Ledger fucking Joker role killed him. <laughs> no fucking way. Yeah, that does, that does sound like marketing materials. But regardless, the, the, the big important thing about all of this is that Warner Brothers really funded the franchise for the first time. Before they were the cash cow for Midway, which is why it got so cheap, now they were being funded in, in a real way to make a good fighting game and have a good story and just, you know, just make a good game instead of having to be like, oh boy, are we going to help the entire company stay afloat next year? Like, that's insane. That's a totally different level of pressure. So... Yeah. This more recent Mortal Kombat is sort of a refined and I'd say a more focused version. Everything in the 3D era, just ignore that. And the first three, I'm with you, Jack. They're the only real ones. In fact, part three, that can kind of go away. <laughs> Me and part one and part two are going to hang out in the uh, forest with the screaming trees. You know, I, I will say, like, out of all three of these movies, um, Paul W.S. Anderson's Mortal Kombat is one where it it's simple enough. Like it's, it's smart enough to keep a lid on as much of its own bullshit as humanly possible. Um, it's also the one mortal Kombat movie where I think you could walk in without any experience, like knowing what mortal Kombat is other than, other than like in the broadest cultural sense of it's the violent fighting game and, and kind of understand what's going on. It, it does have the, the fan service moments and it references different points in the game um, but honestly, like the stuff that Paul W.S. Anderson does, it, it, it plays to his strengths as well because it's uh, completely just bonehead stupid as far as movies go. But it has a template because it follows Enter the Dragon pretty much to a T. Um, and it's got some goofy, flashy moments that really stick out. So, for instance, the Scorpion Johnny Cage fight, uh, oh, which man. features a burning skull. Uh, you know, a, a skull that's on fire will always be cool. That's just a rule of life. That scene was not in the original cut. They actually had to, they, they, um, they screened it and they thought they needed more fights. So they put that in there or, or something. It was not as it was like them going into that dimension. No, wasn't in there well, or something. I also think that Johnny Cage kind of got hosed because up until that point, everybody was fighting in like, oh, we're going to fight on the beach in the sand pit. We're going to fight in the normal tournament fighting ring. And then Johnny Cage has to walk into the fucking woods and some guy shoots a, a rope out of his hand and then he has to go to hell and uh, fight among a, a skeleton pit. It, I, don't, I don't think that was very fair at all. What is he shooting out of his hand exactly? Like a fucking dino or something? It's just... It's hard to tell. Like bird knife. It's, it's hard to describe yeah, just how ridiculous <laughs> bird knife, positive yeah. digital effects are. Why is that, that your fucking... question out of this whole movie? What's Scorpion <laughs> shooting out of his hand? What's anyone shooting out of their hand? What's up with know. bird knife? You think they'd just be shooting a fucking chain? Isn't it just a chain? Why does he make everything like sentient? <laughs> it's a lot of strange choices. Magic. In this 
He, he <laughs> yeah. was in Pee Wee's Playhouse. <laughs> I mean, you know, basically. I would agree. I think, you know, um, like what I think is great about this and, and the Scorpion Johnny Cage fight is probably the highlight of the film for me. And it's, it kind of cemented for me what I realized that this is a movie that's kind of it's a production design movie. Like it's not heavily budgeted, but it's really well mm-hmm. realized in terms of the the nuts and bolts of where they are. They use, I think, they shoot in Thailand. They have, the, you know, use a lot of scenic locations, and then everywhere else they go, it's just interesting. The sets look interesting. The costumes are. Uh, a little dubious I, th- I feel like it's kind of like a running thing through the Mortal Kombat thing like Colin mentioned the idea that they actually made like costumes for the people but they digitized it down so it kind of was less apparent how frankly shitty the costumes are but then when you move it back into the into the movie world it becomes really evident and by the time we get to Mortal Kombat Annihilation it's like Halloween City sponsored the entire enterprise like there's just a powerful cosplay vibe um at work but you know but the sets are pretty great um and paul ws anderson uh he's still figuring out i think his editing schema i'm not a huge fan even now and i and i think i'm one of those people who's come around on on anderson's work i think he's made a couple of legitimately great films i mean resident evil retribution is frankly a a masterpiece of action cinema it's a (laughs) tremendous film take your word for that it's it's tremendous it's a really brilliant piece of work um unfortunately well not unfortunately for me i enjoy the resident evil series i think most of the rest of them are also commendable in one way or another but if you are in any way not inclined towards the franchise you do have to watch four films or so to get to that one um so that that's probably a a Mm -hmm. burden you probably don't want to take on but um you know he's still working out the action choreography in this is sloppy as hell it's really slow oh yeah Um, half the casting is particularly the female casting these women look like they have never formed a fist let alone our earth's greatest (laughs) champions uh they just look wholesale <laughs> out of place and funny they can't stunt mm-hmm. double them because they've picked people like um like uh, uh what's her name i don't know pete sampras's wife bridget nielsen but it's not nielsen that's she's the danish girl wilson wilson that's the yeah. bridget, <laughs> wilson, <laughs> bridget nielsen flavor flaves wife oh man that would be a different movie um, but um you know like she's <laughs> she's like this class thing that they, they hired her because she's like just very traditionally pretty and she's very thin and slender and small and she doesn't look like a fighter and she's hard to double in for stunts because honestly anyone who's a stunt person isn't built like her either so they have to shoot everything Mm -hmm. with her and it's just really really dumb the fights are just leaden paced and full of really awkward it's mostly people flipping like it's it's literally it's like power rangers but like a step lower than power rangers Um, and this is a feature (laughs) film that can't aspire to like bare bones japanese television standards which is really saying something but you know it it works this is it's good fun it's this and the techno on top I, d- I don't know. For anyone who really dislikes this, I just wonder what the hell they're really looking for. And I sort of like really diehard advocates yeah. are like, no, the movie was like, or the game was like really serious and they betrayed it. And I don't I don't even know if those people exist, to be honest. Yeah, I, I would hope not. And and the thing is, too, like you said, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and, and defend, you know, the, the formal sensibilities of one Paul W.S. Anderson. 
Uh, but I will say that my opinion of him, uh, which used to be like just strong negative, it's it's softened quite a bit because, you know, I, I don't always love what he's doing, but he's always going for it. He's he's always going 110 percent and he's and he's certainly going for it here. That's for sure. And and like you said, it's it's cheap and it's sloppy, um, but it at least knows what it is. And uh, given the casting choices and uh, various other problems that it has, it, it does the best with what it has. And it's it's fun. It's goofy. It's techno music. Uh, again, there's a skull on fire. Fuck you if you don't like this movie. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and, and I think the biggest name in, in the whole film, uh, hilariously, is one Christopher uh, Lambert, who is, uh, <laughs> I don't know, how many, roofs, how many years removed from Highlander at this point? But he's not bored. He's he, into it. <laughs> no, he's into it. He's he's yeah. He's giving a very bizarre performance, frankly, where he just like keeps bursting into laughter like at random times throughout the movie. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah, was there a joke? Did I miss something? No, he's he's all over the place, goofy. But he's he's into it. Like he's not phoning it in. So uh, there's there's something here. If you don't like this movie, you don't like fun. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And and Colin, I I. You know, I may have introed you as a giant nerd, but the true giant nerds are the people who, you know, they watch something like the Mortal Kombat movie from 1995 and they cannot find any joy in it. Those people are nerds. They deserve scorn. Not you, Colin. And I apologize. I mean, did they miss the reptile scenes? Because how could you not get joy out of <laughs> yeah, these seriously. fucking things? But let's talk about that for a second. Uh, that when you talk about scenes, what you're talking about are the enemies that they're fighting or their deaths. And I think it's crucial to understanding why this movie works. Here's all the characters. They're going to fight. They're going to fight. One of them's dead. The end. Great. That's Mortal Kombat. Yeah. That's what the kids want. You, you know, you would think they'd be like, why would you kill off Scorpion? Because Scorpion dies every night that I play Mortal Kombat. They all do. That's the fun of it. You have to let the world mm. be fragile and explode. And at the end of the day, it makes Johnny Cage cooler than he was in the games because he gets over because he actually kills Scorpion. That's a pretty big deal. Uh, Liu Kang and um, Sonya, I forget who, she she kills Sub-Zero and he kills Reptile, I think. It's just a cool yeah. story. It works. It's very, it just, it takes the enemies and it whittles them down to their powers, which are their most identifiable traits. And it emphasizes all these other uh, more human characters. Smart. That's how you make it. And a fighting tournament. Yeah. It seems very odd to praise a film for having characters from a fighting game fight each other and kill each other. That's it. But I am praising <laughs> it for that because of the vast quantity of movies that have fucked up this super simple goddamn It's a very concept. simple premise. <laughs> it's and and again like if we were to go through the list of of video or film adaptations of fighting video games it would be god probably upwards of like 30 movies and this includes like live action and animated features but the number of those that are actually about like people coming together and fighting in a tournament one-on-one -on -one, that is is rare that's the great white buffalo of this subgenre so <laughs> which and, is so insane how hard is that to fucking execute yeah Jesus. so what's the game about well you know i mean you can see like <laughs> oh people hate the super mario brothers movie and it's like well what's mario about i don't know man it's this fucking guy and he's collecting stuff and he jumps on people and it's a thing you know it's weird but this is very simple okay yep. and and the the giant scrolling 
uh, text in the beginning, you know, it lays it out for us. It, oh, this realm, blah, 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 every 50 years, generation, blah, blah, blah. They got to fight. They got to have a tournament. They fight. And if, if the bad guys win, they get to invade Earth and enslave Earth. So the good guys have to win. Great. Easy. Simple. Street Fighter. There's a tournament. Everybody comes together. They kick each other's ass. And the winner is crowned the World Warrior Tournament Champion. It's it, All of this is simple. Dude, UFC exists. People understand the idea of fighting tournaments and people winning yeah. fights. These are normal ideas. I, for some reason, these movies treat these like these are really insane concepts. Like a fight is when two individuals or more disagree physically. <laughs> like well, it's just it's bizarre, too, because you, you're coming off of like two decades of action films where this would be a an acceptable setup for a simple, low budget action film where it's just like, oh, this guy's going to enter a karate tournament. Will he win or will he lose? <laughs> And then when they get into the 90s and they have these properties they want to adapt, they like totally forget that this is a way you can approach a low-budget action movie. And they're just yeah. like, no, how about if we make it about a dictator? Like, what the <laughs> oh, yeah, fuck? The Street Fighter movie is a great example. It's like, okay, so Jean-Claude Van Damme did Bloodsport, which is why you hired him for the, the lead role in Street Fighter, and somehow you did not just mimic Bloodsport. I, I don't fucking understand that. I just have to put in so no one uh, screams in the comments, but yes, Jean-Claude Van Damme was originally supposed to be in a video game by Midway, which he turned down eventually. He was supposed to rip out Bloodsport, but because he did not appear, it became Mortal Kombat. There. <laughs> Someone else will point it out. Sarah, there's the, the Johnny Cage connection, frankly. Could have been could have been Jean-Claude oh, yes. Van Cage. Um, but yeah, it, <laughs> I, it's, it's, it's one thing you guys are like, you know, it's really straightforward. It's a tournament. We have to fight and we have to win. But to be fair, as I mentioned earlier... Really, Mortal Kombat's never about the tournament, and this is this is telling because um, almost uh, this is out of uh, four Mortal Kombat movies. Is there three? Where are we we're at four. That's right. I, I've lost count because there's the animated one as well. Out of four of them, this is the only one that even actually takes place during a tournament. Um, Mortal Kombat is insists on being about the geopolitics behind the tournament. And then when they try and explain why the tournament is even happening, it doesn't make any sense because it's like the Elder Gods created multiple realms uh, and then there was, apparently the realms are all going to eat each other. So they decided they should fight each other once every 50 years, which seems, I don't know, the Elder Gods 50 years seems like real quick turnaround for this um, to just, you know, and if they win 10 times, then they get to, you know, one realm gets to absorb the other. It's like, what what's the point of this? And it's like, it's all about balance. It's like, it isn't though. What's This doesn't make any goddamn sense. And then basically it's just about one realm that cheats endlessly and the, the the elder gods go like we can't get involved it's like so why have a tournament why do you care why did you create these ones and not want them to <laughs> to invade each other and why is everyone so horned up for earth realm no one's in like there's only three realms we're aware of that, that, that i'm aware of right you have you have earth realm which is earth and then you have, which is presumably is Earth and all of the universe around it. And then you have another realm, which is, is Outworld, which is the main adversary. Uh, and Outworld is noted um, in the, I can't remember which movie describes it, just says, it's the most violent realm. That's all we know about Outworld. <laughs> it's just very, it's a very violent place. And then, uh, and then you have the <laughs> Nether Realm, which is, I guess, somewhere near the Taint Realm. I don't know. 
Um, and and they just I think it's like just the underworld essentially, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's just it's just yeah. like the afterlife. Yeah, but if they say they call it a realm, it's a separate realm. It's a realm. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, a good question. You know, maybe it is. Maybe everyone when they die, they go to the nether realm because the nether realm seems to snap up enough people. Not entirely sure though, and they have their own leadership, and they seem like they want to take over Earth Realm too. So. What the fuck's that about? I, uh, Jack, you, I want to say you're not wrong. Oh, sure. I, you're not wrong at all. <laughs> Th- this, this is entirely what Mortal Kombat is is doing. But why? Th- that's the question. I'm, I'm looking at it from the perspective of a movie producer, and I'm, I'm trying to market it to this certain demographic. And you know, being part of that demographic, I didn't fucking have any idea about all this nonsense when I was firing up Mortal Kombat on the Genesis? Like, nobody <laughs> sure. cares. But they you, keep you're, explaining you're just trying it. to strip it the fuck down to spare parts and just make it into a simple goddamn But they keep movie. trying to talk about it. This is what I don't understand. We're four movies in and all of them want to bring up this shit. And it's just, just shut up. Just do the tournament. And they won't. Yes. And it's exactly. I agree. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Also, I this knowledge that I never wanted to have, but now have. Uh, turns out there's uh, it, fuck, there's eight realms. So we got Earth Realm, Outworld. <laughs> <What>? Okay, <laughs> no, uh, we've got <laughs> we've got Nether Realm. We've got Adenia, which makes sense because we learn about that in Mortal Kombat Annihilation. It's like a throwaway line because because the prince, queen, whatever. Uh, then there's Chaos Realm. Chaos? Yeah. For fuck's sake. Is that yeah. more violent there's Chaos than Chaos Realm, there's Order Realm. I don't... Who could, who could no, say? I'm not, I'm not looking into this. Adenia was like a peaceful realm. It was like a, an Earth Realm type thing until Shao yeah. Kahn took it over. As for Chaos Realm, I, I've never... I, again, I've watched way too much in preparation for this, and I've never mm-hmm. heard that mentioned a single uh, fucking time. So you well, let me. Me tell you, let me tell you about Order Realm, which I guess that's Chaos <laughs> Realm's boring cousin. <laughs> Um, heaven, heaven, which you may have heard of, and then something called just Ashtek. Don't know what that is. Doesn't even have realm in the name. Not interested. I thought that was part of Outworld because yeah. in the later games, the Kodal Khan is—he's an Ashtek person, but he's just an Outworld resident. <laughs> Look at this, this conversation that we're having. I, I'm just telling you what a wiki says. I don't give a fuck about any of this, to be honest. Um, but okay, what we—you know—we're we're, we're talking about how essentially. The idea of Mortal Kombat should be simple, but somehow they they have to complicate it. Um, also, I love how the games immediately wrote themselves into a corner because instead of saying that like this tournament has to happen every year or every five years or maybe even every decade uh, to to be consistent and have characters who can you know easily move from sequel to sequel to sequel forever. Uh, they decided to have a 50-year window, which that kind of fucks you up, and that's where the story gets real weird real quick. But that brings us to Mortal Kombat Annihilation, which happens two years later, is a direct sequel, as in it picks up exactly where the original Mortal Kombat film uh, leaves off. But, and keep in mind, Mortal Kombat 1995, pretty low-budget film. Mortal Kombat Annihilation, made with what I can only assume is one-tenth the budget... And most of the uh, lead, a- most of the lead actors, the principal cast replaced completely. Um, I think Luke Kang returns, and how, how many other people? Not many, right? Lisa Soto also. Uh, Kitana returns. Oh, Kitana. I think, I think that's Princess it. Princess Kitana. Okay, but that's it. So we have an entire new cast here, including the addition of Shao Kahn, who's like the real big bad. 
uh, played by Brian Thompson, who you re- may remember as the baddest motherfucker alive. Uh, he, he's in, he was in Cobra as uh, the guy who like banged axes together uh, to, and he had like an axe gang. Very Iconic cool. Role. Uh, he was in Hired to Kill. Brian Thompson, greatest of all time. Okay. I think he uh, was probably best known at, in 1997 as like, at least to the people who were going to see Mortal Kombat Annihilation for his, his role at, in the X-Files, I would imagine. He was mm-hmm. like the lunky alien bounty hunter. Oh, so you're oh, claiming yeah. he, yeah. he wasn't known for his appearance in Nico Masterax's uh, In the Cold of the Night, the greatest erotic <laughs> thriller of the early 1990s? Well, I just see Brian Thompson, I just think of erotic. Yeah. <laughs> we, we He's definitely the most erotic and, man. And honestly, this movie doesn't doesn't change that for me. <laughs> yeah. I didn't Absolutely. watch it. I avoid it, I, and I will never watch this movie. I mean, I promised a long time ago. Not to watch this film because I've seen too many reviews of it. I've seen too many things of it. I've seen too many screenshots. I swore a long time ago I'd avoid it. Tell me what happens. Uh, we, we commend you then for preparing properly for the podcast. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, <laughs> it does have a higher budget. You said a budget t- uh, a tenth of the percent? No. It actually, I believe the other one was 20 million. This one was 30 million. Well, I, I don't know where it went. Cocaine is the only option I think for where that other 10 million went. Yeah, possibly. Just tell me the Embezzlement, story. Yeah. There is no story. Ponzi the- schemes. <laughs> there must be. Yeah. They, how long's the movie? It, it has to have a story. They wouldn't just put bullshit on the screen it's for several two hours. minutes long. Um, there's a lot of your favorite characters show up. But what is the story? The story of this one is basically that Outworld continue to cheat because Earthrealm are suckers and Raiden is the dumbest motherfucker of them mm-hmm. all who won't do anything <laughs> right. So basically, Outworld cheat and they they invade Earth. They just show up. And they're just like, you know what? We're just gonna, we're just gonna wreck stuff. And they punch some shit in Thailand, uh, like statues and whatnot. <laughs> um, but nothing sacred, because actually, in the end credits, I think of this one, there's actually a little note saying that they did not destroy any religious idols, uh, you know, in a, a mark of respect and gratitude to the people of Thailand, which I thought mm. was was nice <laughs> and pretty cool of Outworld, honestly. Um, so yeah, because uh, that's because to be fair, this is a good idea because uh, later on, pretty soon after that, Ong Bok uh, and the career of Tony Jaa would would teach us that if you mess with the idols of Thailand, you will get your head crushed with elbows. And so, unfortunately, <laughs> nothing like that happens here. This is it's incredible to learn that this has a higher budget, and the only explanation is it has a bigger cast because. Uh, everything else in it looks like crap. This is actually, uh, I heard somewhere, this, is, and this is something that's kind of gone around, um, this is actually an unfinished film. Um, what happened apparently Ooh. was that they made the movie, um, and then they, they, they wanted to show it at a film festival. I forget which one, but it's like a midnight showing at a film festival. So they, they rushed a cut for that. And so you had a midnight screening <sighs> with just a crowd of people drinking showing up for a mortal kombat movie like basically the most amenable crowd possible to enjoy your film right and guess what they enjoyed the movie they had a great time you know why wouldn't you you're you're probably you know taking a little vacation at your film festival it's a midnight screening you've had a couple of beers a bunch of people punching each other it's funny right the director wants to finish it <laughs> 
so there's all these placeholder special effects in it. Uh, there's some editing gaffes and stuff that they, you know, the director wanted to polish off. But the studio basically uh, saw that there was a positive crowd reaction and figured, why spend any more money on this? Apparently they spent 30 million already. I kind of, okay, why would you? So they just decided to, to release it. Yes, yeah, so they released it as is. <laughs> uh, you will notice when this movie opens, there's an incredible amount of... Um, computer graphics of like swirling vortexes in the background like you know kind of like these swirling interdimensional portals and you can clearly see the digital seams in them like literally like it's, oh, yeah. it's like looking at like a doom 3d like ceiling texture and um, this whole thing just looks amateurish as hell uh, the costuming, like I mentioned, li- like genuinely looks like Halloween. Like you buy it at a Walmart, uh, you know, or a Walgreens for your mm-hmm. kid. You know, just like a weird, like everyone's just wearing like a leotard with a cape. That's everything. Um, and then everything else is just kind of worse to the, you know, however lacking the action choreography was in the first one. They didn't fix it here. That's for sure. Um, and it, And then they oh, talk no. more. All I care about are my 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 bros. I just want to say, what's up, Johnny Cage? That's one reason I want to check out this movie. Another reason I want to check out Sonya Blade. Wasn't a huge fan of her, honestly, but she killed Sub-Zero. So she must be like, pretty big deal. I've got good news for you, Colin. Great news for you. Okay, so Johnny Cage, he dies three minutes in. Gone. What? Just why? Get rid <laughs> why? of him. But why Fuck did him. they... So, so, well, that's okay. They must have scorpions back then, right? I don't remember. Is he? Oh, no, he's he is not. He's not. No, no. you get Sub Zero, you don't get Scorpion. Meanwhile, Sonya, new actress. Uh, Pete Sampras's wife did not come back. She was not interested. She probably had to do like a part in Seinfeld or something. That's where every pretty woman in the nineties eventually ended up for one episode. So, uh, not no, she's mm-hmm. gone. They got a different actress who honestly is probably better, but it doesn't really matter uh, at this point. Um, no. Yeah, it's interchangeable. Scor- they're, yeah, they're not, you know, it does. It does not. They have loads of new characters. You've got Shiva. You've got uh, Ermac. You've got uh, seriously Noob Cybot shows up. The guy whose name is literally <laughs> the creator's <laughs> names backwards, and he becomes a real character in the movie. Like that, they didn't change that. Um, this is just absolute, just a shit show from start to finish. Uh, Barack is in it for 10 seconds. Don't forget that. That's important. Yeah, Shiva uh, dies super quickly. <laughs> it's like, it's very clearly that uh, that's not how she was meant to die. And then a cage falls in her and she's gone. <laughs> she just disappears. They're done with it. The yeah. money ran out there. Um, I do want to say, though, uh, just to clarify, I'm being if I sound like I'm being mean and negative about it and saying everything's shit, everything in this movie absolutely is shit. But honestly, like for the people who are like, this is, the you know, one of the worst movies ever made. I'm not even sure this is the worst Mortal Kombat movie, frankly. This is <laughs> fine. The stakes yeah. are way too low it's for good. this to be a really <laughs> bad movie. It's kind of fun. It's really, really stupid. And it looks like crap. And mm-hmm. honestly, that's kind of fun you know so yeah i take this over any marvel movie frankly okay absolutely 100 percent. and and listen listen this is important this is very important it does exactly what mortal kombat the game was doing at the time too so if you're playing ultimate mortal kombat 3 shit is getting cheaper and goofier and suddenly there's like as many 
uh, little rectangle boxes that they can fit on the screen to put a character's face in. There's a character. So we've gone from like the yellow ninja and the blue ninja to here is every color of the rainbow ninja. There's literally there's a guy named Rain. There's a ninja named Rain. Come on. Uh, you know, it, it's just all smoke. everyone. And then uh, there's. They're, they're like, okay, well, we've run out of colors for the ninjas. They're like, well, what if we reuse the colors, but now they're robots and also ninjas? Great. Throw them in there. And all of these guys are in Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Everyone is in this film for exactly five minutes, yeah. okay? This is We Are the World, but but for Mortal Kombat fighting fans. They're all there, and it's goddamn hilarious. It sounds like cosplay snuff film is what it sounds like. It's it's wonderful because they just they're all they're trying to do is, you know, we got to stop Shao Kahn, which is this like nebulous idea that no one really moves towards any sort of resolution. on. And it turns out we need to stop his dad, who's I don't think is even in this yeah. franchise larger. But anyway, so be it. No, his dad is just in a spirit Halloween role. <laughs> it's fucking Shinnok, which is not have yeah. anything to do with the father of Shao Kahn. But in this in this movie. Shinnok is Shao Kahn's father, <laughs> and Raiden is also Shinnok's son. They're they're brothers. <laughs> Adam, everyone knows Shinnok is Lord of the Nether Realm. I guess I don't know. I just, Shinnok is now an Outworld, not the Nether Realm. He's Outworld. That he's the Papa of of Raiden and Shao Kahn, even though that's not accurate in any way. But who gives a fuck? Because no, Mortal who gives Kombat. a fuck in this movie? Exactly. But the first 10 minutes of this movie must be said, it's, it's like a visual masterpiece. Like, I, I could, <laughs> my jaw was on the ground. I was like, this could not possibly, A, that number of $30 million, that's, I don't even care about embezzlement. It's just a lie. It's horse shit. <laughs> yeah, Whatever's being said totally here, lie. fuck you. You didn't have $30 million to make this. If you did, then you are the greatest of all buffoons. This is lobster it's, and caviar on the craft table for the whole thing. Yeah, I couldn't. I could not fathom that this could possibly have been a theatrical release just in the first 10 minutes. After that, it gets to be just, you know, standard kind of dumb, dumb bullshit. But the first 10 minutes are like, Footage from the first film with like these new characters horribly overlaid on top. And yeah, that spinning skybox thing is also overlaid on there. And it just, it is the most work print looking shit you'll ever see in your mm -hmm. life. It's really dark too. Yeah. Imagine yeah. you're a, a fan and you want to check out this movie and all the movie critics say it's bad. All the fans say it's bad. They don't even, I don't recall seeing any trailers for this. The reason I didn't see it wasn't because I was like, oh, I'm going to avoid it. I didn't even know it existed. They tried to hide this fucking thing. The first movie was Well, it was, it was number one at the box office the first week that it came out. <laughs> it somehow, I mean, and then it immediately tanked. Yes. Immediately. <laughs> but I think anyone who just outwardly, oh, I hate this movie. No, fuck you. This is, it's, it is, again... In, a, in a, the formal sense, this is not a good film in any way, shape, or form. But it's so, like, uniquely stupid in its construction and ridiculously cheap-looking. Uh, and, and it's everything from the effects, the practical effects, the CGI, the green screen work. The stunt doubles are horrible. Everything is bad. There are moments in this movie where... Like I had to, I had to stop and, and think about what I was seeing and just pause the movie for a second to make sure that I, I'm, I was processing everything right. There's a wonderful, wonderful scene that illustrates this about an hour in. So our heroes had just gotten to Outworld 
and uh, Sindel or whatever shows up, and, and she's she's got her uh, her her like ninja minions that are just solid blob CGI things that move out of a wall, clearly Ooh. unfinished. Okay, right. and you're like, all right, sure. So then Raiden decides he's like, I'll take on the minions. You guys do some stuff, and. We're, we're treated to this five-minute, poorly choreographed, obvious stunt double, shit-ass fight scene. It's fine. It's great. There's techno music. Absolutely loved it. And then afterwards, because, I mean, Sindel is, is introduced to us, and we're like, oh, you're like, oh, man, there's going to be a big fight with her and the other guys. It's going to be this whole thing. And I thought it was going to be a, a section where we were going to see, like, that fight uh, kind of interspliced with, with Raiden's fight. They're going to go back and forth. It's going to be this whole thing. Because that's how a more traditional film would have handled this. Instead, Raiden beats up the ninja CGI minions, and then the rest of the group shows up, and they go... And then he goes, Ring goes, well, uh, we, how, how did Queen Sindel go? And they're like, wow, we really kicked her ass. I stuck up behind her. And they, they describe a fight that we did not see in more detail than you would expect. <laughs> and then that's it. And, and all I was thinking was, is this like a, is this a, sh like a, a, sh a sh uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, the guy that can shapeshift into different people. Uh, um, not Shao Kahn, but Sang Sung. Sang Sung. I was like, is this him? Is he like pretending to be someone else? Have they been brainwashed? Because the whole thing, it doesn't fit the conventions of like cinematic storytelling or, or like there's nothing logical or normal about it. It's just fucking weird. And then you come to realize, no, this movie's just really fucking stupid. And that was really fucking weird. And you're just going to have to accept it. And that is Mortal Kombat Annihilation. It's wonderful. <laughs> I love it. I think, I feel like if Paul W. S. Anderson's film is like, has kind of come around to camp, it courted camp. Um, and time mm -hmm. has kind of cemented it just really the 90s stylings like techno was like serious at the time but it's kind of become campy more attached to that you know it was always a little adjacent uh, this movie is just straight up actual unfiltered camp entirely by accident and just lack of uh, like they couldn't escape they couldn't generate enough uh, kind of charisma and inertia to escape from camp so they're just stuck in there and that's the movie and it, it's yeah. frankly like if you were if, if you watch the first five minutes of this and you're still on board like the whole thing it's it's kind of fun it's really it's definitely not it was it's not what it was meant to be and even if it were it would still be no. bad but frankly, this is still there's <laughs> yeah. still quite a lot of fun to be had in this movie. And again, I think this is like like Steve mentioned, this I think is quintessentially like the spirit of like Mortal Kombat 3 as just like something that clearly was put together with like a several like uh, several like uh, jugs of coffee and a weekend. And they were just like, we need to hit a deadline. And that's the movie, and that's the video game. You can't get a truer adaptation than that. Like, it really nails the spirit of the whole thing. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So if, if you enjoy seeing every single character, except for a few key ones that, for some reason, didn't show up, uh, <laughs> I mean, they were, that's, they were probably that's dead. it. It's like, they were probably take, dead. Take a shot every time a new character shows up. Do that game. Have yeah. fun. You'd, you'd, you'd probably, you'd have liver failure about 15 minutes in. Because, and, and then... Again, like things that you are taught from just watching movies repeatedly, like things that are visual cues or storytelling cues, 
they never pay off. It's incredible. There's no <laughs> there's no real narrative here. It's just sort of it's different narrative threads that that go nowhere and they all are just kind of in this like fucking like rat king ball all tied up and messy but yeah i mean god like like uh uh what's his face sub-zero shows up saves the day heroically heroically saves the day and uh you know you think oh well he's gonna play a crucial role in in the rest of this film when he says go ahead and and save you know princess katana i'll catch up with you later and guess what he does not catch up with us later he is in fact gone after his five minute cameo and that's that's what you see like people they 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 show up and they either die or they say yeah catch you later bro and we do not we catch no one later no one is caught it's just ongoing also everyone uh, can travel around the world using uh, like steam powered hamster balls which is important correct, for yeah. literally one scene and then is never mentioned again. <laughs> and, and yeah, and, and this is and it's like explained like, like, oh, we'll use the, the fucking hamster tubes. Hop in here and there's a whole like travel scene and they talk about it like, oh, boy, haven't rode the hamster tubes in a while. It's it's like a whole, th- it, you know, later in we Raiden, we know, can just like zap you anywhere. That's kind of what he does. So you would think that would be. Uh, more eloquent way of of traveling, but no, we we had to we had to use hamster balls. Maybe that's where the budget went. The fucking <laughs> balls. Maybe the the balls cost a tremendous amount of money because that was all really early. I, I feel like I'm with you guys at the beginning of this movie. I'm like, okay, yeah, this is just top notch lunacy. But then it starts to get pretty boring. It's like they run out of energy after the first half hours. I mean, that's that's the same with, like, a lot of really low-budget films. And you can almost say the same thing about another movie. <laughs> Maybe a movie that's more recent. Or do you guys have to talk about those animated things? Fuck the animated films. And, Jack, I agree with you that the uh, the, the balls in Mortal Kombat Annihilation probably inspired Elon Musk's uh, plans for American infrastructure. And if it did indeed add just an insurmountable expense that collapsed the entire infrastructure of the film, that would also accurately inspire Elon Musk and his boring company. So, <laughs> tremendous. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I guess the question is then, was it also an inspiration for Godzilla versus Kong? <laughs> and a similar mode of transport for no reason. That's true. Here is the the guidelines that we set, Colin. <laughs> okay. Um, which, you know, as a guest, I'm sure you uh, you absorb completely. Yeah. We're, we're covering the three mainline films here. Anything else is just for trying to understand the batshit lunacy that is the Mortal Kombat universe. But I mean, really, if you if you want to, if you if you're a real MK head, you can go out there and there's there's like I don't know, there's some there's like direct to video shit that's available. There's yeah. the cartoon the cartoon series, the cartoon movie, uh there's a live action series. Mortal Kombat has you know, it's funny because the final thing we're gonna talk about right now is of course the new Mortal Kombat, 2021 Mortal Kombat. And it's it's marketed as a reboot, but has Mortal Kombat ever left us? In, in the, the world of film and television, not really. It's 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 kind of been floating around peripherally uh, for a while. Now, this is obviously the big return to the theaters, but Mortal <laughs> Kombat has not stopped. And, uh, you know... <laughs> You're so mad about that. Mortal Kombat I, must be stopped, damn it. it I, I mean, part of me doesn't want it to because it is so stupid. I'm glad to have something this dumb in the universe, but maybe tone it down a bit. 
in terms of like your output of it feels like they'll license this to anyone you could be like hey i've got a great idea for a quibi series and they're like more yeah mortal Kombat. <laughs> ed boone's like write the check i'll go do it just fucking pump the brakes i, I think we're, we're we're pushing like because the reason to stop it is because now we're at a point where because okay the 90s ones are just kind of childish and silly and they're kind of fun and colorful and they're pretty harmless frankly no one is worried about them undermining society um just to briefly touch on scorpion's revenge the animated movie is kind of brings us into this new modern mode which is basically that uh, no one grew up everyone's still a child everyone loves cartoons <laughs> but cartoons can now include lots and lots of violence and that's kick-ass cool because everybody's a fucking man baby and that's scorpion's revenge it's literally just an like 80 minute long uh, sequence of a bunch of people getting cut up and if you think that's the coolest thing in the world you'll love it but it gets quite boring after literally like four minutes um, and nothing else happens after that and now the movies have folded the two elements together in this new one in 2021 they fold it together isn't it cool that we can be violent which is like I mean it could be cool if you put any effort into it alongside of isn't it cool that we don't have to light films anymore and they folded those two together <laughs> to create Mortal Kombat 2021, which is a very, very violent film shot in mostly in, as far as I can tell, a dark gym. And that's that's Mortal Kombat 2021. <laughs> and it's it's couldn't be further from the 90s films in terms of tone and spectacle. Yeah. But I will say again, I do believe this is probably the truest in spirit adaptation of a Mortal Kombat film because I do genuinely believe that the guys, the four guys, apparently, I think there's two main creators of, of Mortal Kombat. <laughs> I do genuinely believe yes. that they are absolutely like fucking badass guys kick each other's heads off and they rip their spines out it's cool and this movie is a hundred percent channeling that energy it's like what's so badass he's an mma mm. and he kicks ass and now wouldn't it be cool if an mma you could like punch people and their heads came off and that's just like that's the energy but they also spend an inordinate amount of time once again explaining the tournament that firstly doesn't even fucking happen in this film and secondly doesn't make <laughs> sense it still doesn't make any sense and you know what i'm the one of us who liked this movie the most so work, yeah work with that. <laughs> yeah that, that's what you have to work with i gotta say right off the bat i hated this movie i hated this movie and i didn't expect that i went into this I, i'm serious just like no expectations just nothing like i was just gonna watch some movie whatever and the more i watched it the more i just kind of got offended as a movie watcher and then i remembered it was based off the games and i got really mad it's like why does this exist it just felt like a movie for no one neither the fans nor people that just want to go see a movie it just felt like if you were just a fan we're not going to get any of that right and if you just want to watch a movie haha we got you because we're going to have a sequel coming because we're building a universe like you, you couldn't just watch a movie it just felt like a gotcha either way well it's the rebirth yeah, it's, yeah. it's the the marvel disease that there are no movies anymore there's mm -hmm. just like product lines and it's just this is just birthing a franchise so this is this isn't a movie really this is just a teaser it's a feature length teaser for the next the prelude movie where stuff's really mm -hmm. gonna happen and then when that movie rolls around <laughs> it's just gonna be a teaser for the next movie because it all it's just the marvel syndrome it's just like hey you know tune into this movie uh, 
uh, because, you know, we'll introduce what you can expect in the next movie. And that's, you know, it, and it's annoying. I got to admit, like this movie, it's not like this movie didn't bother me that much. It's it does a couple of things right. The fight choreography is actually relatively OK throughout. Uh, it helps. They've got like Joe Taslim and a few other people who are actually, you know, able to fight. Um, it's and, and also with an FX budget that actually allows it to do what none of the other ones could properly do or, or were, you know, could really indulge in, which is that it does marry the magicness of Mortal Kombat with the actual fighting, because that's always been an issue with the Mortal Kombat universe is that in the video games, everyone's shooting fire from their hands and flying. And then in the in the movies, it's mostly two people just like trying to get in, like, you know, punching each other in the kidneys. And it's like, this is this is weird. And then they like they back away to do very clear, like a special effects shot. And that's like the big crescendo of the battle. Whereas in this one, you know, with CGI, they can integrate, you know, like Sub-Zero is like a living icicle and everything he touches turns to ice. And it's kind of like surges through the battle and realized in there's there's some interesting visual possibilities that are actually realized here that works you know with with just an increased budget and kind of being able to build it from then up um but you know the, mm-hmm. ultimately i thought this movie was okay to sit through but yeah it, it's kind of like it, it's it's totally insignificant and it's not camp so it's kind of very serious minded mm-hmm. as it runs which yeah uh, I, I don't know why anyone well, wants and the marvel that. the marvel touch point is important too because again like the Marvel movies are, are exhausting and they do what you're talking about where uh, the same thing Mortal Kombat is doing. They're just kind of like setting up the next thing without getting to anything. Every, everything feels like it, it's just a prelude to something else that may or may not come. And that's important, too, because in this era of of kind of Marvel uh, also rands all these all these companies trying to do franchises that exist as whole universes. We don't know if we're ever getting the next thing. Okay, there was a Power Rangers movie in 2017. <laughs> Are we getting another one? I don't fucking know. Possibly not. Uh, th- there's all these other things you look back at. Like uh, I think GI Joe is another good example where they they try to create an entire universe around rebooting GI Joe for a new generation, and I, I think we got two of those and then nothing. So y- you don't ever know if any of this is going to pay off, and. I'm guessing probably not, because there's rarely ever a good payoff, but you can sit through it. But then the more you think about it and you think about what you love about Mortal Kombat, which is like well choreographed violence, a a, a respectable level of, of camp goofiness that is engaging. And then these colorful characters that that enrich that that campy atmosphere and somehow in in a game that has had no less than probably a hundred different characters, many of which are campy <laughs> and weird and goofy as shit and fun or even interesting. God, the, there was a there was a, a guy in Mortal Kombat who was just a fat man that barfed and farted. That could have been your main character. I knew here. you were going to bring him up. <laughs> and just knew yeah, because his name is like Rochambeau or something, and he just <laughs> barfs and farts. Bo Raicho. Yeah, it's his I name. I was close. Okay, so but the point I'm getting at is um, the main character of Mortal Kombat 2021 is nothing. He's a cipher. He's a blank fucking canvas. 
and he has a family. He, he doesn't Steve. do anything. He has a family. He has a family. He loves yeah. his family. <laughs> it's who we were discussing out of Africa many, many years ago, and uh, the the trope for that was mm. that Meryl Streep couldn't have children, and that was her entire defining characteristic. This man has successfully had a child, and he has a wife, and he loves them very much, mm. and that's it. That's all he does. All he does is he loves his family. He does Got nothing else about him. Well, that is the that's the setup that they pitch these things on, and and by these things I don't mean Mortal Kombat. I mean every goddamn reboot of a nostalgia property that exists now is is just kind of like, what if it was taking place in a grounded reality? And it's like, what makes this a grounded fucking reality? Because there's an MMA asshole with a fucking wife and kid. Who gives a shit? Like it's just boring. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but that's there's there's a there's, there's a lot of different ways of doing that where you can have things take place in a grounded reality. And my biggest issue. How about with this we never movie- do? Just get rid of it. I, I'm fucking living <laughs> yeah, in a grounded reality. It's not that goddamn great. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, if you wanted to try with this movie, they did it the entirely wrong way because it it feels neither real nor whimsical. It just feels like cautious of being too much of anything. It's just this. This neutered film, then, I don't know, like, does it star any of the Mortal Kombat characters? No. Do they do any of their fatalities? One of them does, but not really. Do they have cool powers? No, they're learning them still. What? Like, no, then I don't want to see this. Flash forward five years. I'll check out that movie. Don't show me this fucking part. This is boring. What is this? Like, if you want to tell this universe, fine. But don't make me sit through this shit. That's what my issue I think issue they is. should embrace the social realism. Like, just, okay, so the next Mortal Kombat movie, uh, Mortal Kombat Annihilation 2023, Ken, Ken Loach is going to direct. Um, it's going to be a gritty working class drama. I'm, I'm fine with that. Uh, but, I mean, the, the way that they present things in this, like, yeah, like like Jack said, the defining characteristic of our main character is he's a guy with a family and that's family. it. There's nothing else to him. And then we find out that he's not even a good fighter. And what, the one <laughs> thing he excels at is getting his ass kicked. And this ties into the plot because in order to defeat Outworld in, in Mortal Kombat, uh, you have to unlock your arcana, which is ah. a new little, little twist-a-roo. Boo. So previously in Mortal Kombat, these were just guys who could do cool shit, okay? Liu Kang, why can Liu Kang throw a fireball out of his hands? Fuck you, it's because he's cool and that's what he does and you'll accept that. And I did, and I still do, and that's fine. But here, we have to have an explanation for everything. So an arcana is, if, if you're a Mortal Kombat guy, you have a special power and the only way that you can access your special power is by unlocking it through... I, I don't even know what. Going like, Super uh, Saiyan, tapping I Tapping into some... Yeah. And, and the way that our shitty main character unlocks his arcana is by getting his ass kicked, because that's the only <laughs> thing he's actually good at. And when he gets his ass kicked enough, then he unlocks his arcana, which is he's the exact same person he was before, but he kind of <laughs> looks like Aquaman now, because he's got a weird <laughs> yeah, like, he gets, metal vest. He gets a suit vest. of armor to make him all the better equipped to get his ass kicked. I love it. Like, I, th- I do yep, think it's pretty it. great. Like, that this dude's superpower is, as the Irish might say, to lie down under punches. That's like, that's his superpower. <laughs> pretty much. Just, just they did a great job uh, just giving him a fucking rubber suit, too, by the way, that clearly is like bending throughout. <laughs> back it's super metal. Hold on. But there's, despite the budgets, we have to 
uh, say that the scripts are good because there's a point where they say um, the villain tells him you can either save the world or you could go home to your family or something. And he's like, oh, yeah. And so he runs home. Fucking movie. <laughs> Colt, my favorite Mortal Kombat character. Yeah, I, I I have a lot of issues with this script. A, it's just not a very compelling movie. It, it's, but I I this Arcana shit. This is this is an important point to me because it's just <laughs> again we're trying to write for a grounded reality, I suppose. But this thing with the magic powers well, doesn't make any sense. What the fuck is Kung Lao's fucking Arcana the hat throwing? Hat. Like, was, was he magically gifted a razor hat? He can teleport in the games, kind of. Yeah, but not in this. <laughs> His arcana is that he can throw a hat. Uh, and yeah, this is the same with, with Jax. That was a particularly egregious instance for me. Because again, oh grounded reality. God, this guy, what? Sub-Zero, breaks his arms off. Uh, and the monks are tending to him. But he's one of these chosen fighters. He's going to get a magic power. And we, as as players of this video game series know that he's going to get big metal arms. So you're like, okay, his power is going to be that he gets super <laughs> arms. He's a size but queen. Instead, in a grounded in a grounded reality uh, with with no weird tech elements whatsoever, for some reason these these monks build him tiny skeletal robo prosthetics and his superpower is is instead of growing powerful arms that he makes his tiny skeletal arms that were mysteriously gifted to him uh, become larger and better at fighting. Yeah, work works for me. <sighs> I will I will say because um, because this movie it's dumb in a lot of ways, but I did I did overall I enjoyed yeah. it. I think it's you know it's it's Mortal Kombat, so like the stakes are real low, frankly, and there's enough fighting in it, and there's some gore and stuff, and it's there's some bits of it's like that's pretty okay. There are some really funny parts to this movie. Um, a particular standout for me, I've talked a lot about how Mortal Kombat insists on explaining its lore, and its lore is literally the dumbest shit imaginable, and they've had years to fix this and they mm -hmm. can't. So this movie once again is like, let's go over this one more time, but it chooses to do it in a really funny way. I don't know if they intended this to be funny. Uh, but Sonya Blade literally just has fucking pushpins with string attached and a conspiracy theory map drawn up so that she could say stuff like, I've done a lot of research. And from what I can gather, uh, based on like Asian like cultures writing stuff down, is that there's a fighting <laughs> tournament once a generation. Once a generation in Mortal Kombat, by the way, is 50 years. So honestly, there must be some recent records of this crap, frankly, somewhere. But uh, it's, it's, I just think it's really funny that she's she outlines it like it's a crazy conspiracy but it's really just an exposition dump like there's no way you would find out the specific things she mentions through like arcane research into like ancient texts it's insanely specific for that but it really also highlights just how the whole thing is just a string of like just thinly stuck together things that would fall apart at a moment's notice it is i think uh, kind of funny i hope they were in on it it's kind of like a metatextual thing for me i thought that was good and then they fight reptile <laughs> there was one yeah. good like metatextual joke that that landed for me where uh when they were training when they were training they were spamming this uh fucking leg sweep <laughs> it just over and over again and he was like it, it, kano's like stop doing that move i'm like 
Okay, that's amusing. Yeah, it's, it's just it's a fighting game, guys. People spam the cheese move on you, hardy har. I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm that's great. That. I love that college humor type skits I see on YouTube. Let's make that a movie. It is. Yeah. It's weird to mention. Like Kano, by the way, in this movie, just cracks wise the whole thing. He's just like he's just a body Australian who makes jokes. And it's sort of strange. Um, and he's the good guy for a while. It looks like it. And then he, he betrays him because we all know he's not actually the good guy. Um, yeah, it, I don't know. There's a weird, it, like, honestly, Kano, I'm not, I don't know if it really worked. Like, I don't like this idea of, like, this one character who's just constantly cracking wise. It's like, it kind of works with, like, the Marx brothers who are just so insane within their <laughs> movies that everyone else in the movie, like, you're not sure that they're even listening to the Marx Brothers anymore. They just riff off on their own. And that's kind of like they go so far that it's kind of funny. But Mortal Kombat has this issue throughout. And I guess maybe Kano reflects like Johnny Cage in the video games, who is the dumbest motherfucker alive, who is like completely into like, you know, oh, this is a movie. And it's like, it's clearly not a movie. No one would think this is a movie. And they carry that joke that he thinks it's a movie for just, minutes tens 20 minutes of cut scenes of him like oh the nice special effects who's your agent and it's like it's a giant reptile it's like you're no one would be that stupid uh, Kano's kind of the same thing he's just like constantly cracking wise after people have like stabbed him repeatedly and it's like just it, it, i don't know it, it just doesn't fit into the world very well but i feel like again it's that marvel thing where it's like you know it's like a mathematical theorem they've worked out that like audiences respond like it, it triggers the correct pleasure centers in the brain if there's a quip <laughs> x number of minutes you know that releases enough cortisone or whatever and that's like that you know like it, it's just like it feels like it was punched out by a computer and they brought in a guy to like bring in you know x quip here and there and there's like the whole thing about sonya blade and him and this like he's you know mm. he's you know hot for her whatever and she kicks his ass and fucking girl power and stuff you know which i'd say like okay it's all socks but honestly this is 95 percent of contemporary populist cinema so you know how, how much am i really willing to lay at the door of mortal combat for this one yeah yeah i it is yeah, it, exactly for me that's what i despise most about it, is it it just feels so generic like it is yeah. the air product of of this modern trend and that's fine and well i just this movie doesn't feel more lush and realized and expensive than the paul ws anderson movie does to me it feels like they there's not a single actor you, you've heard of in this fucking thing it's just a bunch of nobodies <laughs> uh i feel like they took their whole budget and and this is smart because they could market it and make me think this was going to be a movie i would want to watch because they spent most of their budget doing this scorpion sub-zero introduction fight and then that was the trailer for this fucking film and then the rest of the time we're sitting in a goddamn cave but even that is it doesn't hold up to any scrutiny because this movie lampshades its shit script by like insisting on telling us that uh what scorpion is speaking chinese and sub-zero is speaking japanese and they're just talking at each other and <laughs> presumably can't understand each other and then in the finale this returns once again again I, I, as an american i would never notice this it would it would just scoot past me if they were just subtitled without it explicitly going this is japanese and this is chinese I'm like okay <laughs> thanks for telling me that these characters aren't actually communicating 
Uh, and then we also throw in our, our MMA lunk, Cole, who is also observing this entire fight. And I guess, like, Scorpion is trying to communicate with him to the, at the end because they're relatives. Why would and he Scorpion care? Scorpion wants him to, to protect his bloodline. He wants, he wants old Cole to, to make sure he protects the bloodline. Uh, but he tells him this in Chinese, which Cole, <laughs> Cole sure as shit has, has not exhibited any. It doesn't matter. It, exactly. It doesn't matter. And I would not have thought about it, except that they kept telling me to think about it. There's a reason. It's because they got called out back in the 90s, uh, specifically by one of the lead um, like media journalists who's talking about Asian representation. And he said uh, right after Mortal Kombat 2... And that, you know, oh, this is just showing more mysticism of the Orient and that, you know, Asians are somehow able Hell to yeah, have is. magical powers. Of course it is. And they never well, fixed and they had to that. fix that. No. Yeah, well, they, they had like, to go yeah, back and It doesn't and fix anything. No, you're right. There's a lot of problems still. If you're asking why is it important that he speaks Japanese and he speaks Chinese, that's one of the things that they're going to, they would throw up if they were to be accused of this, that, or the other. And you know that. But it's that. super funny because they do that and they have, like, he's Chinese and, and the other guy is Japanese, but then at both, literally both of them have a point where they're like, you know, I am no longer, like, I'm no longer whatever, Hazashi, I am Scorpion. And the other guy's like, there is no <laughs> more this guy, there is Sub-Zero. And it's, just, and it really, like, again, and I, I appreciate it, it really refines home the fact that the entire Mortal Kombat franchise, multiple movies, multiple TV series, many, many video games, hours of cutscenes and storytelling and exposition <laughs> is the brainchild of two like fucking frat bros with like literally the most <laughs> literal minded <laughs> conception of everything in the world like the mortal kombat just franchise to me is just incredible like just recycled bullshit from the 80s that they saw just kind of like parsed through their own like understanding of like the coolest thing in the world is a ninja and that's and that's it. And yeah, you're right. Like they get called out and it's like that's just Asian exoticism. And they're like, oh shit. Well, what if the what if the ninja spoke Japanese? And it's like, yeah, that would be the default position for a ninja. Well done. Um, and that's you know, twenty plus years on, they fixed nothing. It's still the same nonsense as ever. Uh, they like they've toned down. I guess Sonya is not just like a massive pair of tits now. Um. But that's that's about it. Like it's and it's still really all built into the DNA. But it's kind of like drafted up with a thing where it's like Sonya sometimes kicks guys in the nuts. So it's everything else is fine. Like she's a fully rounded character. Um, yeah, it, it, I don't know. It, it, this this film just kind of like all of these things coalesce. And I think like like it or or hate it. This is a really telling adaptation of Mortal Kombat as a property into cinema. I think it's a very faithful adaptation of what the video game franchise is, personally, oh. which is kind of massively limited by the fact that Mortal Kombat itself is pretty goddamn limited in, in what it's doing, in where it's going. So... I don't know where's it going to go from here. I'm not sure. I'm not even sure if the guys who make the games are involved in these movies, and you know, if they may manage to make a sequel, can they actually branch out a little? I, you know, remains to be seen. I guess. I mean, they're not going to make a fighting tournament. I can guarantee you that. <laughs> Here's the thing: this new Mortal Kombat movie, it's just not 
good. And there's just so many reasons it's not good. But I'll tell you a really, I'll give you an explicit example, right? So they're in this building uh, and Kano's there. And we all remember why Kano's there tied up. Okay, no one does. Neither do I. Great. That doesn't matter. <laughs> He's just in the scene and he just joins the movie for no reason. But then a reptile shows up and it's invisible and even though he doesn't have powers, he performs a fatality by pulling his fucking heart out. Like, he does have superpowers. He was able to do that, but he doesn't have superpowers because he can't shoot beams out of his eyes. What? Like, what do you... What is... Uh, when I when you play the game, it's just a lot simpler. He's a smuggler, and he's missing part of his face, and he has, like, laser eyes. Whatever. I don't need to know why these people have powers. I just want to see them do cool stuff. That's why the people play the games. Just cool stuff happens, you know? And if you want to tell the story of Scorpion and Zero, do that. Don't tell me the story of Colt. Colt means nothing. And the final third where, I don't know about you guys, but Shang Tsung just looks like a like a bitch. <laughs> like the entire movie where he's like, eh, don't do that. Eh, whatever. Like he doesn't have any sort of wisdom about him. He, he seems like he's had his very first Mortal Kombat as well. Just kind of throwing people out willy-nilly to be beaten up by Colt. I mean, yeah, but but yeah. The, the point of this is, and not to give major spoilers in this, but this movie ends literally with a big tease that we will be introduced to maybe the best known character, one of the best known characters of the franchise. That's the tease at the end of this movie is that we might meet Johnny Cage. And it's like, we've met him multiple times already. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, we know who he is. I just want to roll back one second because... Reptile, if you played the video games, Reptile looks kind of like Scorpion or Sub-Zero. I mean, in the first game, he is the exact same character. They just palette swapped him. He has a green costume. But when he takes off the mask, he's a reptile. And to me, that's more interesting than a giant reptile. <laughs> if you had to show me a reptile, you're going to fight a giant reptile that can go invisible or a giant reptile ninja that can go invisible. I'm always going to choose the giant reptile ninja. That's the fun of it. This movie doesn't want to have fun. It just, I don't know, it wills it down to its most like base components and goes all right well another fight but it, it doesn't want to like acknowledge the fact that yes you're borrowing from from enter the dragon you're bar you're borrowing from the shaw brothers you're borrowing from uh terminator uh two especially i mean like i just said kano look at his face why is half of it metal it's not because you know they're such geniuses it's because they're stealing from pop culture but they're too proud in this movie they're trying to protect something that really is you know it's oh god i might have to say this it's like Ready Player One, but 30 years ago? It's not that bad, my God. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying, where it was just kids growing up in the 70s and they took all their favorite parts of the, what they saw on Saturday and they put it in one video game where there's lots of blood and, you know, it's clearly made by people in their 20s. And, and, and the 2021 movie treats it as, it's, as with reverence that it probably doesn't deserve. And I, I think, like, the main takeaway from this, if you haven't seen Mortal Kombat 2021, it's, it's probably not worth your time. And it, because it, it really is, we, we mentioned this before, it's, there's a slick, soulless nature to it. It fundamentally misunderstands why people like these things in the first place. And then the director choice is, is interesting because it fits into this mold of trying to be uh, just like Marvel adjacent. 
Uh, it's directed by a guy <laughs> named Simon McQuaid or McQuaid or something. And if you're asking yourself, who is this person? I've never heard of them before. And that's because this is his first feature film. But that's not to say he's not ex an experienced director. He has spent his entire life making commercials, big commercials for, you know, Apple, Coca-Cola, things like that. So he's a very, very experienced commercial director. And what this is, is it's not a Mortal Kombat movie so much as it is a commercial for more Mortal Kombat <laughs> movies that you could eventually get one day. And that's what you have. All fits together beautifully. <laughs> feel like he made he made one great commercial for this film as well and that's the portion anyone interested should watch just tune in and you'll see that immediate uh sub-zero scorpion fight and then just to shut it the fuck off they should have run this entire movie in the super bowl just as a commercial <laughs> for itself there you go that's that's what you need but yeah, watch watch the Sub Zero Scorpion fight. The the idea of a fighting game. Whenever I'm like, how do these people show up together? The idea of like competing and rising above the you know the tiers until you're the best of the best. Bull ring. You were born. You got a symbol. <laughs> Welcome to Mortal Kombat. Isn't that that's fun, right? That makes you feel more included. That's all it, it takes. Colin, did we, were we not talking about it? We get this directed by Ken Loach. Ken Loach understands that <laughs> the class system is rigid and you cannot transition fluidly through them easily. The, the rich are born and chosen. Mm -hmm. It fully represents that. This is this is wonderful. Cole has class fluidity. Actually, so does Sonya. She murders Kano and gets his mark. Uh, you know, so <laughs> there's a few. That's, she shatters a glass ceiling by murdering a man. So that's, you know, and she becomes the, the first woman or whatever. I don't know if she's the first woman to do this. You know, there's, there's layers here now that I think about it. Let's, let's go there's with this. There's a lot this. going on. No, let me tell you something. Sonya Blade in the fucking video games would have murdered both of them. Sonya Blade in Mortal Kombat 9 specifically loved using her because she would do this insane thing where she would like kick you up into the air and then like land on your head. You know, like, like land on your head all the way down until your skull cracked like in a billion different places. She's awesome and she kicks ass and she murders people and she's a soldier. She's not a lone paranoid weirdo who believes in secret tournaments who by the way doesn't perform a fatality has to grab a fucking like gnome statue to kill kano weak and lame if you're a fan of the games you want to see her perform fatalities and yes in the first game she did a kiss of death which <laughs> listen she's she's the best character because uh you know we, we, we talk about uh, representation here how many movies have a character who loudly and proudly states that they're from gary indiana and a core <laughs> like part of the plot is our protagonist has to travel to gary indiana to visit sonia blade in, in her dumpster house uh it, it's it's really wonderful stuff and she's got the best arcana purple arms purple arm yeah bracelets <laughs> ahead, basically sorry. sorry just one thing that i do want to mention as well because we talk about like the first movie has all the techno music and it's kind of really stood the test of time by not standing any test of time it's like so of its place that it's kind of iconic uh, this movie has replaced almost all of that with just uh, all of the like dun 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 buzzing like low end bass buzzing noises <laughs> of a christopher nolan movie but they forgot that christopher nolan movies have other noises interspersed between the the like bass thuds this entire movie is just like it's like a speaker test um 
and I don't know if the speaker is <laughs> passing or failing. It's a really annoying soundtrack, and it's just like it's genuinely just repetitive. It's the same sounds over and over again. So that sucks. And then eventually, at a certain point, they do like a, a like a, what would you call it? Like a, a like drop the bass version of the '95 theme, which honestly is already several years out of date. Um, so that's kind of impressive. <laughs> I just want to make sure that you you weren't seeing anything on the screen that was saying you know press this button when you hear the sound right no no that would have made the, okay. the movie uh, interactive no like yeah that could be like one of the later video games with the, like the button push sequences the, ah. the zenith of computer game technology yeah and mm. y- th- like you said about the um, um, Kano he does try and bring levity to it but so does Sonya and I have to say all the lines like all the levity it just sucks like it, I remember them because I I groaned at them like when one character points out that Mortal Kombat spelt wrong like great you did it all right boys we gotta wrap this up we're going long here so uh you know we, we gotta we gotta do our putovers and, uh, you know, I, I'm going to give you the option because I know, uh, Myros, you've, you've been struggling to think of something to put over recently. I know this, this is a, it's a heavy cross to bear, especially when uh, we're, we're watching all this Mortal Kombat cinema. How do you find time to consume other media? So here's your other option. Um, you can either put something over this week or second choice, you can try and tell me what Jarek from Mortal Kombat 4 says during Jax's ending when Jax dr- drops him off a cliff, uh, which is this little <laughs> nugget that you've heard not only in the video game, but this same sound effect was strangely used in Mortal Kombat Annihilation as well. <laughs> now, I will say, as a child, I always thought he was saying that was really gay. But now that I've grown up and matured... I think he's saying that it sounds like it sounds like he's saying like I want some pie, so maybe that's what he's saying. I I, I'll I'll play it one more time for you. I, I don't know. It's it's impossible to say, but I, I just I wanted to say that I have grown, I have matured uh, since my younger years. So I, I I'm just I'm at a point where I don't know. So uh, Jack, I'm gonna let you go first. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, uh, I could give a shot at both. Um, I, I think he's saying, kiss me something. I'm, I'm not sure what the end of it is, but he wants, he's looking for love and affection yeah. in his final moments. Kiss me, Kate. Maybe Kai. Kai. Yeah. Is there a character called Kai? Maybe this could be the, 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 the crossover. But yeah, he's looking for attention and affection mm-hmm. after a, a cold, sterile life. Um, which honestly is really all of us at this stage. So that's pretty touching. Um, and if I had to put over something, I would put over uh, what we've all been doing. And I'm sure Adam will join me in this in recommending to watch the two and a half hour long videos that assemble all the goddamn cutscenes <laughs> from Mortal Kombat 9, 10 and 11, yeah! which will beat your brain into submission. <laughs> you know, I, I would recommend everyone actually check those out. Uh, Mortal Kombat 9. Just watch the story mode. It's really dumb, but whatever it gets it done it gets all three games done and you would never need to see another piece of mortal kombat material ever again it is boldly stupid (laughs) we got two putovers then for uh uh (laughs) the mortal kombat 9 cutscenes. look how long this is running just let it go you know we're good that sounds good to me move along that's great (laughs) 
Moving along. All right, Myros, what are you putting over? And uh, do you know what Jarek is saying in Mortal Kombat 4? I have no idea what Jarek is saying in Mortal Kombat 4. I mean, the mystery is is the whole appeal, Steve. We, we should not ruin that for our audience. Uh, I am going to mm-hmm. put over uh, a violent cartoon because, I, you know, that's, that's uh, what we do around here. Uh, this show Amazon has put out Invincible. Uh, the animation kind of sucks, but uh, the writing is, is quite good. In fact, improves on the source material at many turns, I would say. And uh, it's interesting. It's certainly a much better execution of violent cartoons than Scorpion's Revenge or what the fuck ever. So, uh, again, it, it's quite... We're going quite long here. So just, well, you know, maybe watch Invincible. It's, it's not very long. Uh, worth, worth a look. There you go. All right. Uh, yeah, as far as my putover goes this week, uh, I'm going to go in the opposite direction of Mortal Kombat. I'm going to give you some gothic horror to watch. So The Curse of Frankenstein with Peter Cushing. You may be asking yourself, Steve, or self in this case, because you're asking yourself, you may be saying, self, where do I start? How do I start with Hammer Horror? I don't know what to do. And there's a lot of different people that will tell you a lot of different things, and there's one right answer, and the right answer is start with The Curse of Frankenstein. It's, it's really accessible, it's a story you understand, and it's the perfect distillation of what Hammer does, which um, they take you know classic horror stories and make them gory and weird and just fucking great. So, Peter Cushing. Could you go wrong with Peter Cushing? Probably, but not in this instance. So, go watch The Curse of Frankenstein, alright? It'll be great for you. Uh, as far as that goes, I think that pretty much wraps everything up. We got everything covered, so uh, you've just been... Um, given a a giant dose of Mortal Kombat lore and you're welcome or we're sorry, depending on where you land on that. But uh, do us a big favor. There's a couple of links in the description. What will lead you to our iTunes page? You can give us a five-star written review there. That'll help us out a lot. The other one will lead you to our Patreon. And uh, hey, if you donate a couple bucks to the Patreon, it'll give you access to a bunch of exclusive Optimism Vaccine content that you cannot get anywhere else. And in addition to that... Uh, until I run out of shit to send, I'm going to send you some shit in the mail. You're going to get a movie, a movie from my personal collection. Uh, what will it be? Will it be a Blu-ray? Will it be a DVD? Will it be a laser disc? Will it be uh, an SD card full of tasteful nude photos of Jack Eason? Only time will tell, and it'll cost you a minimum of $3. But uh, I think it's a great deal, and uh, Jack is excited to find out what you get as well. This beats joining the Marines, Steve. <laughs> yeah, that's... <laughs> I haven't abandoned that idea yet, but I want to get I want to inch us a little bit closer before I revisit uh, Jack has to join the Marines as a stretch goal for Patreon. Um, <laughs> anyways, <laughs> do us a big favor. And uh, if you got any questions, comments, death threats, marriage proposals, send us an email. Adam Myros is uh, he's sitting by. He's hitting refresh on the inbox. Optimism vaccine at Gmail dot com. Or, of course, you could tweet at us, at Optimism Vaccine. These are all options that you have. And uh, Jake's not here for the last word, so we're going to give it to Jarek. Who's 